Bluetoothradio.com. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, filling in for Susan Littlefield here today. Joining us on the program today, Kyle Bumstead from uh, Allendale. And uh, we're going to run through a number of different things today. You know, uh, uh, first day back after the weekend, Kyle. And uh, boy, it kind of seems like how we started the market day certainly is different than how we ended. Just give us kind of your overall thoughts, comments on, uh, you know, coming back from the weekend, first trading day of the week just quickly uh, uh, just kind of give us the quick synopsis well that's right chad first of all thanks for having me back it did look uh different here at the end of the day no doubt here than when we started the day except for the wheat complex wheat was uh, pretty much lower all session here uh, after starting off higher so you know kind of same theme just the opposite but corn did make a late day comeback here we did see the commercial step back in here that dece versus july spread uh kind of you know leaked around here you know between unchanged and a penny and three quarters carry so it looked like at one point in time there there was a little bit of weekend uh, pressure coming in off the weekend a little bit of commercial hedge pressure and then as we got towards the noon hour we kind of dried up the uh, sell orders there as far as the spreads go and we did finish the spreads here at par so looking at the outright volume volume looks to be somewhat dismal here today in the december corn contract at eighty three thousand two hundred at preliminary and uh, the march trading at around thirty thousand three hundred as far as volume wise there so you know some of that could just be difference in price too due to lack of volume out there in the deferreds and uh, looking at beans beans were a little bit more interesting here uh, as we did we started off lower here and we uh, we had quite the trading range here in soybeans here today kind of the same match we saw last monday but we didn't have the usda uh, data dump there to help back us up but uh, you know closing off the lows here almost 25 to 30 cents isn't bad here volume there somewhat light again to 77,000 contracts that july contract trade about 5800 and uh, the spread there closing at seven three quarter cents carry, which is still pretty darn bullish here long term. So looking at it at face value, it looked to be non-commercial support coming back in here was a little bit of light commercial support here in corn. Uh, Kansas City wheat, Chicago wheat, uh, Kansas City, Minneapolis there, those have been kind of friendly here for quite a while. Uh, Minneapolis, we're kind of winding up harvest up there in the Northern Plains, and those spreads kind of keep uh, creeping up there, looking a little bit more positive by the day. Kansas City, same situation there. Penny and three-quarter inversion from uh, Dece to March, which tells me that uh, somebody's coming down here probably out of the Northern Plains trying to source some higher-protein wheat, uh, looking to blend with there up there in the Northern Plains. All right. Well, let's kind of break it apart grain by grain. And let's start with the one uh, that, like you said, had a lot of movement, started lower and then ended higher. And that was soybeans today. Uh, Kyle, if, uh, mm-hmm. w- was there something changed uh, in the middle of the day? You know, why did we come in with that pressure and end with uh, so much strength in the soybeans, do you think? I don't, I don't think there's really anything that really changes. I mean, structurally, the market's been looking good for quite some time. It, it started off much like corn, had some early on, uh, early in the day commercial hedge pressure. You know, we're starting to get a lot of combines fired up here in that central to eastern Nebraska, working over into western and west central Iowa, really getting some beans coming off the combine here. And I think there's, uh, there's still some concern, uh, down south, uh, south of the equator there, South America, Argentina, there's been some weather issues down there. And I think that the commercials are uh, still coming up here to the USA to make sure they can get their hands on some soybeans our export data you know the export inspections here look to be within the range and i think that we really need to keep an eye on that moving forward as far as soybeans as we did see uh you know last summer last spring and whatnot we did see some soybeans get canceled from china but i think they got rolled out here to new crop uh they those cancellations were there last spring and last summer simply for the fact that we didn't have the old crop stocks here around here for soybeans to ship so when you don't have it you, you can't ship it. And I think that they're really trying to get their hands on some stuff here up front. And that's what, that's what the market's telling us here through the spreads. 
Yeah, and then you look at the products, too. You know, like today, uh, soybean oil was mm-hmm. a little weaker, but soybean meal was higher. So that right. seems to be supporting the crush, right? Correct, correct. It, there was there was some crush business the way it looks going on there, buying the meal, selling the oil, buying the beans and, and the meal and selling the oil as well. Now, looking at the bean meal here, those uh, non-commercials do have a, a bit of length here in the bean meal complex here. And we are uh, kind of sitting here sideways in the middle of the range here. So, you know, if we take out last week's highs, that's going to be look, look really good on the charts. But if we take out uh, Friday's low here of 417 and a half on that decent meal chart, you could see this thing roll over back down here towards that 405 to 400 mark on that meal. So that might be an area for, uh, you know, producers as far as the hog and the chicken side of things here and lesser extent cattle to get some protein needs locked up here longer term. All right. Let's switch gears, talk a little bit about the corn. Like you said, just not as much action in the corn as there was in soybeans, but nonetheless, we were positive. Um, Anything big on, on corn here to start the week, do you think? Not really, no. Uh, we started uh, started lower last night, as many expected, you know, based off of hard pressure and things like that, moving through the, the Corn Belt. Most yields I've uh, heard uh, coming in from eastern Nebraska, western central Iowa, where most of the, most of the business is done here so far. Uh, what I've heard has been kind of had expected less than what they thought or right at what they thought, which is less than last year. So uh, I've heard yields in corn anywhere from 80 bushel to 200 bushel. I've heard some upwards of 220 bushel acre corn. Uh, I've heard some irrigated to 100. 110. I mean, it, it's just going to be all over. And I think that the basis out here, as far as the Western Corn Belt, is really reflecting that, that we just don't have the size of crop here. And coming in here, we basically went down to that 670, you know, stopped there at 668 and a quarter, closed above 670, which kind of puts it back into the round number here. We closed above 675, which has got 680 as short-term resistance, and then 690 is going to be the next area of resistance, and then the all the, the big $7 number. So we're kind of trading range-bound right now, waiting for that next big headline whether that's a railroad strike that, you know, next couple of weeks here, if that's a railroad strike that's going to be, or if it's uh, actually going to be some new uh, some new sales coming here off the books here, going to, you know, export sales, that's going to be the next area. Or, you know, finally what we do see when the combines really get rolling, what the commercials think here. All right, very good. Again, we've been visiting with Kyle Bumstead from Allendale, and we've got uh, a number of things to go over in the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell program, so stay tuned. Uh, we're going to wrap up some discussion. i got another question on corn that I want to ask Kyle. Uh, well, that's coming up. We'll talk a little bit about the wheat market. Shift a little bit over into the livestock side of things. An interesting day for both uh, the cattle and the hog side of the markets as well. Uh, and again, we'll recap those numbers, take a look at uh, some analysis as well. Again, the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up here in just a moment with Kyle Bumstead from Allendale. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a 9-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stories on Facebook. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Chad Moyer with you once again with Kyle Bumstead from Allendale. Uh, Kyle, before we leave corn, uh, before the break, I wanted to get in this question too. Uh, it has to do with uh, you know what we were talking about before with the soybeans, and that's the crush on uh, on corn and, and ethanol. Uh, you know, uh, the crude oil has come down considerably. Well, maybe not considerably, but a number of dollars. We're in the 80s here. Has that put a pressure on ethanol, and therefore maybe a potential corn demand? I think it. I think it does psychologically, um, but I think you get the gas. You get gasoline back down here. You know, low. You know, if we can get gas gas back down here around three bucks, insights and driving demand too. That that enticing driving demand that would that would help us out here as far as you know the ethanol market goes as well too. So overall, I think that uh, the drop in crude oil was kind of healthy. Corn did step back, but corn didn't step back near what crude oil did, and crude oil did not have the weight on corn uh, the last couple the last few days here that when we saw the crude oil roll over and fall out of bed didn't have near the weight on corn as it has has been seen in the past. So I think that still speaks that we have demand for corn out here, whether it's from the feed yard side or the ethanol uh, end user side of things yet. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about wheat. And, and you mentioned it in early comments, too. Uh, you know, the question is, are we going to shift feed wheat usage around? Is it a question of the impact of the of the dollar? Or are, are we starting to look ahead at what planning conditions might be like? What's going on with wheat? Well, I think there's a lot of things uh, that that go into the wheat market, so I don't know if I can hit on them all. But wheat is wheat, and it wouldn't surprise me if wheat's up 40 to 50 cents tomorrow. That's just the way that wheat trades. But looking at the Chicago wheat, we have seen a few things happen here uh, out there in those deferred spreads. Now, the deferred spreads are starting to get a little bit more of a neutral uh, stance on them here as far as we're not bullish, we're not bearish out there in those further out spreads. But uh, we have we have seen them shift to more neutral, and what I mean by that is how much carry is from month to month, and whether it entices growers to store it, or if they need to market it now and reown it, or or what they need to do, or to be selling it, hedging it, and rolling it out and picking up that carry. And we've seen that carry slowly tighten in here, little bit by little bit here in the Chicago wheat market here recently. Now flip that over here to the Minneapolis side of things here where we're harvesting right now. So there is some commercial pressure out there as far as hedging and whatnot goes. But from what I've heard, the protein quality isn't near as good up there as uh, what they've expected. And so earlier on here, we did see the shift over to Kansas City wheat. Now, Kansas City wheat has a multitude of things going in its favor. Uh, one of them is not the dollar right now, and that dollar's trading up for 109, 110. That is a little bit of an issue as far as the wheat market, as far as the exports go. But Kansas City, we, we, we still have the drought in the southern plains, and we're starting to fire up the drills. So we're getting a little bit of a, you know, maybe acre buying going on out there, if you want to call it that, wear your tinfoil hat. But uh, the Dece versus March spread and the March versus uh, May we're trading inverted out there, meaning they, they want your Kansas City wheat right now. And what I think most of that business is coming from, number one, uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of feed demand out there. We always feed a little bit of wheat. And so when you see it in the headlines, oh, we're going to feed a lot more wheat, eh, eh, we'll see about that. We always feed a little bit of wheat anyway. But we're also seeing them come down here out of the northern plains trying to get some good, high-protein, blendable quality wheat so they can blend that with spring wheat and then they can ship it. So it is it is basically export-driven, but they've got to get some high-quality protein wheat that Kansas City market carries that right now, and they've got to get that up there up north to blend with. Let's switch over to the mercantile, the livestock side of things, cattle and hogs. Looks like we ended with uh, uh, quite a bit of gains, uh, maybe not across everything, but certainly generally higher. Uh, what was it like in livestock futures today, Kyle? 
Well, the feeder cattle market did see a little bit of a buoy here. We did bounce this thing a little bit. That index uh, looks like it's going to be up here in the day about a dollar ten here on that one seventy seven ninety two, which still kind of puts September feeders here that have uh, about eight or nine days left on them here still puts them at a little bit of premium here to the cash basis, which I'm a little bit nervous about. That does uh, say that the Octobers are carrying a little bit too much premium to the cash market as well too. And looking over here at the spreads, we did see a little bit of uh, looked to me like a little bit of position rolling here in some of these cattle contracts. As far as last week, we had the Goldman Sachs come out of the index roll, and I still think there's some smaller funds rolling out of there. When you look at the open interest side of things here, as far as the October feeders and the October lack cattle to an extent, there still could be some rolling going on out there. Now, looking up here, the set versus October feeder cattle spread, that does say that, well, maybe September is a little bit overvalued, uh, but the October gained on the November. So we'll have to see here when we get into the glut of calves here, they're supposed to be coming at us here for the fall run here, what the uh, index really does for us here and how that shapes up out back in those far deferred spreads. Now, look over here at the live cattle side of things here, I think there's getting to be a little bit more uh, position here for this cattle on feed report, which comes out Friday uh, after the close, obviously. But looking at things here, it looked like there was some short covering in the October live cattle, rolling those out to the December. But the December lost significant ground here to the February. We lost 17 cents on that spread. That widened the carryout in that market to 430. So Feb is trading at $4.30 premium here to the Dece. Now it also lost ground here, the Feb versus the April. The April's uh, trading $3.65 over the Feb contract and that looks like on a chart standpoint they need to really pick this thing up here right now otherwise th those those charts out there look to be breaking down which is telling us we're not going to be moving here out of a slug of cattle here anytime soon which still tells us that the commercials may be a little bit con concerned about consumer demand or we've simply got plenty of cattle around right now for the next four or five months. Kyle, it's good to have you on the air. Thank you so much. Again, that's Kyle Bumstead with Allendale joining us on today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Again, a reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. It's not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad